Welcome to In the Green Room. I'm Kinga. And I'm Chet. And this is Martin. <laughs> I'm so happy we have Martin co-hosting again full-time, basically. This has been yeah. fun. Yeah, I, I know, really, it's so really great. enjoyed this. I enjoy our discussions. <laughs> You're so wise. We just want to pick your brain. And, you we're, got, and you, we're helping people. Absolutely. And, and um, I learn... Too. I mean, every every interaction for me is a learning experience. So I, I, I teach and I learn all at the same time. That's right. Well, today we're oh. just talking all about how you can, you know, find your, you know, true identity, who you really are, and how, like, being in touch with who you are as a person can help you, like, find better friends and make better relationships in your life. So what's the meaning of life? Well, I think I think that is the that is the big question, right? It's it, the idea of exploring ourselves is, in my uh, opinion, uh, a spiritual journey. It's really about understanding your own spirit, who you really are. So many of us just go through life. We run, run, run. We've got this and that to do, and this to do. And a, a lot of people don't have the luxury or or don't take the time to just sit sit back and explore what's inside of them. Um, and sometimes they find things that they don't like, and sometimes they find things they love. Yeah. Is it because they're too busy? Uh, I, I think it's, yeah, that's part of it. But a lot of being too busy is, at least in my experience, especially in, uh, with, uh, with top executives who are so busy, they're, they're overwhelmed and stressed out and, and you know, working way too much. It's this, I'm not good enough, and so I have to work harder. I have to be better than everybody else. And so it's, it's actually this amazing success is driven by fear. Uh, fear or insecurity. Or insecurity. That, similar things to me. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, insecurity for me is this fear of looking bad, or it's still a, a fear of something. Um, and the truth is, is we really don't need to fear anything. So if you can go inside and find out why you're afraid of these things and release those, um, once you've released one of those fears, you never have to take another step forward and uh, with that fear. And that, and you find that these fears weight you down. I know I lived very fearful life uh, uh, when I was uh, younger, um, and it wasn't until I really got into coaching and started my spiritual journey at the same time that I understood that my that those fears were just silly. But were yeah. the fears based on uh, what others think? Yeah, absolutely. Too much there about was, what others think. I was worried about what others uh, other people think. It was worrying about things that might happen, and I, you know, was had a had a habit of creating all these worst case scenarios. What right? ifs? What ifs? Uh, that none of them ever turned out. Um, and, you know, just being nervous about being me, you know, being afraid of that, you know, I was going to offend somebody or they wouldn't like me because, you know, my humor or whatever. Um, and I, again, it, you know, it took me a long time and it took a, a lot of soul searching to realize those were just um, end results of some traumas that I had when I was younger that weren't true anymore. And once I was able to kind of readjust that thinking in my head, oh, my goodness, my it, it, everything became easier brighter, uh, funnier, um, you know, and I continue that path today. I still have things that I, uh, that come up that are fears. Everybody does. Even Is it almost like PTSD from something that's a trauma that's happened in the past? Um, yeah, I think it's very similar to that. If not that, um, I'm not, can't make a diagnosis, but really most of the stress and anxiety and, um, just, you know, general depression 
that most people feel most adults have and you know statistically most people are suffer from some form of depression which is sad in and of itself right but it can be traced back to a trauma that happened to them when they were younger and a lot of times it's traumas that they might not remember even if it happened you know when they were three four five years old if something violent or terrible happened to them or even might, a divorce can or, be very traumatizing absolutely where it, to kids. Yeah, uh, it could be just even harsh words uh, to a child can they call it they they, they say that the body bears the burden is an amazing book called that uh, where it actually there's places in your body where those traumas reside and there's a, a corresponding place in the brain um, and a lot of people you know whether it was they were reacting or they were um, uh, hurt by whatever it was that said, or angered by whatever it said, that gets stuck in people uh, physically. It's a physical thing, and it takes some it takes some conscious effort to release that. Whether it's through like we were talking, I think in the last show, you know, body, mind, spirit, doing yoga, doing sports, working out, doing those things to take care of your body. Because by by working those things out, you can actually work traumas out of your body as well. A hundred percent. Yeah, I feel. Literally, the stress leaving my body while I'm working out. Mm-hmm. That's why whenever I'm at a high stress level, I know I'm like, I need to hit the gym today or go for a run, something. Absolutely. And that's, and unfortunately, uh, most people don't make time for that. So they just continue to live with the stress. They, and so now it builds Keeps building, and builds yeah. and builds and, uh, until they reach some sort of breaking point. And that's usually when they come to a coach or, you know, and I'd, love to catch people a little bit sooner, but I also understand, I mean, that's where I was when I, I was just at the, my wit's end, got coaches, and within, you know, a month or two, I was, like, completely turned around just because I had just got worn myself into a pattern, and they were able to break that pattern. So what do you think are, like, the most common sources of these fears for people? Well, I, we, Good question. There's the, what we call the three pillars of the ego. It's I'm not safe. I'm not good enough, and I'm not loved. Those are the, the pillars that uh, the, our ego operating system works uh, around, and it's, it's a protection mechanism. Um, it's, it's always scanning for those three things, right? And so as those things um, progress and you have traumas and, and things happen, you start building these ego defenses, and sometimes you, you don't have control over them. I remember... Mm. Um, I would have uh, uh, an argument with somebody and it would remind me maybe of an argument uh, in the past and my anger level would increase, not because of the actual argument that was in front of me, because of an additional trauma that the I triggered. had suffered, the triggered or whatever you want to you know, call it. And traumas is, um, I'm using in a very general, uh, um, overall arching term. Um, I mean, a trauma could be just a harsh word that hurts somebody's feelings that can live with somebody for years. So that's the kind of trauma that yeah, I'm Yeah, some people about. are way more sensitive than others. Absolutely. Because somebody, and someone person that would just be, oh, we were just talking some shit, you know, it was just fun. Someone else that was like, oh, that was so mean and really sticks with them. Absolutely. So. And, it, and if it's mean, it could be, again, that they're relating it to something, you know, mean that happened to them when they were younger. And so it's this idea of, of being compassionate about that and trying to understand, you know, as a coach, how to draw that uh, out of someone without having to relive the experience and, and all that. And there's, there's some really cool techniques. Uh, there's one called uh, EMDR, which is uh, um, eye 
movement desensitization uh, routine. And uh, you, there's, uh, there's, uh, and there are also like binaural beats where it has, they have different sounds in each ear. It's really about um, causing different stimulation on one side of your body and another, and a, another stimula stimulation on the other side of your body to kind of short circuit or uh, put some white noise between a trauma and the emotion. Because uh, those two things can be um, separated. Like if you have a traumatic memory, I remember, I remember uh, for a long time I had a traumatic memory about being hung upside down uh, in high school by my shoelaces. I was the smallest kid in class and I had pissed off somebody. And uh, I found myself being carried by eight people and hung upside down. That was very traumatic. I was Yeah, that sounds terrible. Off, yeah. right? Um, and I carried that anger with me a long time. And um, it was that? That's so bad. That, that's kids, man. At <laughs> least it, back in the 80s, that's just how kids were. They're, they're mean. I, um, I, I, I'm, kids are very mean. And they're getting meaner, I think, because now they have more opportunities to. Um, but they've always been mean to each other. Yes, there are wonderful human beings and wonderful young children. But for the most part, uh, it's been my experience that kids, uh, unfortunately. But it's because... Well, there's always they, at least one weak kid that becomes a bully. Absolutely. It always happens. So. Right. And it, and now I realize that, that those kids that tormented me were tormented also. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't a, a 20-year reunion that I uh, met up with uh, one of these guys, uh, two, actually two of the guys that hung me upside down, and they looked like shit. Their lives were a hot mess. Both of them had been in and out of prison. They were angry people, and I was just sitting having a beer with them, and they had no idea who I was. And I was just chit-chatting and stuff, and they were just complaining about how much they hated uh, high school and how unhappy they were and how mean they were to people. And they said, I remember a couple kids, we hung upside down on his shoelaces, and I feel bad about that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm one of those guys. And they were like, no, shit, wow, we're really sorry. We were assholes. You know, and I was like, wow, that just completely, and I was able to release that trauma, but I was also actually able to release a lot of other traumas that happened to me in high school because that realization of, oh, these guys were in pain because this kind of thing was inflicted upon them, so they thought it was how to handle me, and so it was inflicted on me, and you know, their their parents could have done that to them, their brothers and sisters could have, like, so it just gave me so much more perspective on why people do that, and then also I had to look very deep inside of myself and said, now did I was when was I mean to somebody else because of that kind of thing, and so that's that to me that's that spiritual journey of inside is taking those moments of uh, aha, of compassion, of understanding, and then applying to a lot more than just that situation. And I like that. Well, I, I would have to say that Chet, as a kid, did you have any uh, traumatic experiences with friends? I don't remember that. Um, I mean, yeah, everybody has like bad things that mm -hmm. they go through. And oh, issues. you did have one. Okay. I don't want to talk about on the air. Yeah. I don't yeah, want to talk about okay. issues like that. Right. We don't need to get into yeah. specifics. Yeah. I don't everybody, think... everybody goes through something as a kid that pisses them off or makes them Absolutely. mad. Or... Well, I won't say any names. Can well, I we're not, say no, we're not going into it. Yeah. Yeah, the, okay. The, the, the idea is, is that um, if whatever happened as traumas, everyone's, everyone's traumas are kind of equal no matter what it was. So something that yes. you might find trivial it might hurt my feelings and, exactly. and vice versa, right? And so it was that realization that made me realize, okay, then everybody has their own issues. Everybody has their, their everyone's bringing their own baggage, so to speak. 
Mm. And so, and I think that really helped me in my relationship uh, with Sherry is once I had that realization, it really uh, allowed me to understand, you know, because she's got a little bit of a temper on her every once in a while. Actually, it, it's not. It was in the beginning of the relationship she had a she had a temper because she had some things, you know, as a she's child still let go of right. Yeah, and she's been working on that, and now it 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 takes a lot for her to you know fly off the handle or or do anything anymore. Same thing with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's all it's because we've had conversations, and she's done a lot of her own work, a lot of her own reading. You know the, the, that self-help type of thing is, um, it's, you know, people ask, you know, what kind of self-help is the best? Whatever one appeals to you. Yeah, um, whatever is working. Yes, or might work. <laughs> and if things aren't working, then try something new. Yes, there's yeah. so many available, and there's so many good ones. Um, you know, I've recommended before the Untethered Soul and the Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. Amazing books um, uh, that talk about. Uh, that journey that that he's a, he he was this uh, really uh, successful um, tech company um, had you know, hundreds of people working for him doing was completely revolutionized an industry and had his own toils and traumas and 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 things that he had to deal with and how he did it the way he did it the way he surrendered to what is and what and just allowed things to happen um, is a very inspiring story. And it really makes you look at your own experience. Like, you know, I remember um, an old work colleague um, said that, you know, in order to be successful, you got to make things happen. There's people who make things happen and the people that, you know, let things happen to them. And so I was always the make things happen kind of person. And I made a lot of cool things happen, but it, it came at a cost. Now I'm more of a let things happen and see what happens. And I'm finding that the the rewards are uh, just continue to increase. They take longer, and they're not anything what I expect, but they're still fun and they're still amazing. So it's it's interesting to see both sides of those coins, and it's it's cool to live both sides of those coins because I don't I don't think you can understand the darkness without the light, and you can't understand the light without the darkness. So you've got to have it to, in order to a be balance right yeah. in order to be an enlightened, happy person. You have got. You have to go through some shit. Otherwise, yeah. what you wouldn't know what that was. Well, I mean, there are some people out there that have lived some just you know very very blessed, fortunate lives, and you know have basically lived in like a borderline bubble, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, you know are still having crisis with their identity because they you know just thought, oh, I'm gonna go to college, I'm gonna get a degree, I'm gonna get a job, and I'm gonna be happy. And they get there and they're like, oh, wait, I still don't really have any identity, you know? I have some friends that are, like, in this boat where they just are kind of, like, chronically depressed. And, you know, I've talked to them. They do, there doesn't seem to be any, any, you know, clear signs of trauma that are causing it. Mm-hmm. It just seems to be, like, you know, they don't really – they're not in touch with what their passions are in life and what makes them happy. How are they going to – what skills are they going to try to master stuff like that absolutely and that's and and that's difficult sometimes to do by yourself that's one of the one of the the things that i love coaching so much about is uh, setting helping setting goals and helping to write starting writing journals and have somebody just to hold you a little bit accountable uh to doing that um you can you can change your life very quickly from that but it takes a little bit of effort and if a person's ready and willing and really wants to change they're more likely to put in the effort. Give us some examples. So the good step one is for them to run away from their fears because those fears 
and think our thoughts of being, you know, insecure or insufficient to get good at the task, mm-hmm. that'll, you know, that'll definitely put a hindrance on their ability to pursue things with passion. So if they erase that fear and they get in touch with, you know, who they really are, that's a good step one. Step two then is to find, you know, what their passions are and what things they want to start pursuing outside of their work. Right. And I think I think you hit on, you know, step one, it's a big step. How do you erase your fear, right? And so what I had to do is I had to turn the three pillars of the ego upside down and say, what if it was true that I'm always good enough? What if it was true that I'm always loved? And what if it's true, um, what was the third one? (laughs) Just anyway, just turn those around. So to believe that those are true, that I'm I'm capable, that I'm loved, that I'm safe. And if you come from a place of self-love, it is true that you are always loved. Yes. If you really go, wait a second, I'm awesome. You know, I'm not perfect at everything, but I'm trying. And I'm trying to get better every day, you know, and just I love that about yourself and have that grow every single day. Absolutely. And it takes effort. I remember putting, you know, um, sticky notes on the mirror and writing notes to myself to remind myself to to uh, um, have that positive attitude, to smile. Um, you know, that old uh, it's it's uh, that old thing where you sit in front of a, a mirror and you smile at yourself uh long enough you will start laughing and you will feel better it, it's awkward and it feels dumb but it works um but the, it's it's learning those kind of tools and then using them because it normally like at least in my case i got to what we call the dark night of the soul where i was just in a, in such a bad place I was like i i can't be like this anymore and so what, what do you mean by that um I was I was so overwhelmed by my own made up stresses. Okay. Um, yeah, I was worried about the future. I was hung up about things in the past, right? Versus what we talked about the the being last the show, being in the moment, living right? In the moment. And I was so overwhelmed that I was so in the habit of that that I was sick of it. And once I was sick of it, I was able to make those first steps to change it. And so that's what started my journey. And what were, were the steps to starting that new journey? It's, it's, finding out as much information about how to be happy as I possibly could because I obviously had the wrong information <laughs> at the time. And so it was starting to read. It was reaching out and finding coaches. It was uh, listening to very positive, energetic um, uh, podcasts. And uh, well, at the time, it was more you know CDs and things like that. Now it's podcasts where, these, where people like us are talking about solutions instead of, you know, you look at the news, you watch all this. A lot of other programs is just about how awful things are, right? And yeah, if you believe things are awful, they're horrible. But I, I believe things are pretty awesome. And I mean, shockingly, they're pretty awesome in my life. Um, and things that are doesn't awesome. mean that I don't, I know that there's not suffering going on. I, I know that there's, but that's why I do what I do is because I'm doing my part to alleviate that suffering. And that's all I can do. And I'm happy with that. And so that's why I love to teach this to other folks. That's such a wise perspective because so many people consume all this negative news every day and then they wonder why, why am they, I so yeah. upset and yes. so stressed. It's like, yes. oh, well, you've been looking at the COVID death counter thing like it's a yes. freaking game and or something. And the one thing that I learned about the news very young when I was in the military is uh, I was in the military when Grenada was going on. And we I wasn't down there or anything, but we would receive, I would get the, the morning newspaper and then I would receive our daily top secret brief. And what was being said 
in the brief was completely different than what was being said in the newspaper. Um, you know, uh, the newspaper said there were no Americans there. Our brief said there's this person, these folks, or you know, this group, da 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 da. Not not individual people, but so it was very, it was very obvious to me that the the press, the what's going on in the news is just all about keeping people watching so they can pay for their, their commercials, that it's that the truth is somewhere, but it's not on the television. Yeah, they'll right? put a story <laughs> out if it's a story. They just yeah. need to put a story they out. Oh, right. They want to shock. They want to shock people. And I understand people. why. You I mean, they, they couldn't tell those things. I'm not saying that was a bad mm-hmm. thing. They had to do that to protect those soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't have an issue with that. It's just, oh, that's not true. <laughs> when I Before, I thought it was. And so... You know, you and it, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, Fox News on one side or MSNBC on the other side. They're both trying to sell you something. Right. And, you know, somewhere in the middle is the truth. And so what I um, now am focused on is the now for me in this environment. Um, I don't need to worry about what's going on in Washington necessarily. I do like to know what's going on here. So I'm a member of, you know, the West Valley Defense Alliance. I'm a member of the Arizona COVID Consortium because I believe that the, the the government didn't do their part in helping Arizona take care of it. So I got together with a bunch of companies and we're doing it ourselves. Are we complaining? No, the government had their hands full. We're not saying that they're jerks or they're, we're saying, hey, they needed help. We stepped up. Um, just because somebody fails at something doesn't mean they're an idiot. I've failed at a lot of things. Right. I wouldn't have known how to fix a pandemic if I was the governor or the vice governor, whoever, you know, had to make all those decisions. So... You know, who am I to judge those decisions? Because I've made a lot of dumb decisions in my life. So, hey, maybe they made a dumb decision. You know, not not anything I had control over, but I could help them. And that's I what think, we've been doing. I think Ducey did a pretty good job here in Arizona. You know, he got a Absolutely. lot of crap from people, but in general, I think he did, he did a decent job compared to other states where... You know, there was just total chaos. Yeah. Here, I think he did a pretty decent job. You know, I'll give him some praise. Because yeah. like you were saying, it was definitely a difficult thing for him to do. It was difficult for every governor. I wouldn't want to trade its shoes with a Democratic or a Republican governor right now. And I honestly believe that the most of them, not all of them, most of them did the best job they thought possible. And we're trying to help people. Um, and so, man, that's a lot easier to go out into public with that thought process than oh that dirty rotten rucker rucker mm-hmm. republican the dirty rotten rucker rucker democrat you know whatever yeah don't have right. a victim mindset right. everybody's trying because a lot of people they go out and they have that mindset where oh everybody should have done better to mm-hmm. like help me out and it's like no everybody's trying everybody's trying to pull their own weight so just yep. pull yours a little bit and better. i love that yeah. because really if you can uh, fill your mind with positive thoughts. Yes. And as you go along the day but and one find thing the I, best in people, good is good thoughts and good vibes will come back to you. Absolutely. One you thing that I think is really important is you can't try to go around when you have negative thoughts or you have something that pisses you off. You can't try to go around it and ignore it. You have to go through it. You have to alleviate it, and then you get past it. Mm-hmm. If you, Some people just, when things try to piss them off, they try to just, like, Pretend like it doesn't make them mad. And then it's really just building somewhere else inside of them. Absolutely. And then it's going to come out in a fury. You have to get through each, you know, negative interaction or whatever. You have to get through it still. You have to accept, oh, okay, something bad happened to me. 
this was annoying and I am having a bad reaction. Whether you have to go to the gym to get past it, whether you have to meditate for five minutes, whether you have to go treat yourself to a coffee or something, right? just get through it, get past it, and then you'll be way better off. Because I know some people that, you know, you can tell they just bottle stuff up mm-hmm. inside and you're like, where is that going? Oh, I, I used to be that person. Yeah. I remember doing it and it took me a long time to unbottle all that. Mm-hmm. Um, now when those things happen, I'm able to look at them a little bit more objectively. Do I still get pissed off? Absolutely. Um, But I recognize that I get pissed off, and then I get to make a decision. Oh, am I going to act pissed off, or am I going to calm myself down before I take any action? And normally, I'm able to say, you know, I'm just going to chill for a minute. I'm going to, you know, whatever tool I'm going to use. Okay, three breaths, you know, all the way to go into the gym, depending on, you know, how triggered you are. Um... And then you make a decision. Because we have to protect our joy. Exactly. But, you know. It's good it, for ourselves. That doesn't mean that we, you know, a lot of people that are on this path, they start to beat themselves up because they have a negative thought and they may have a reaction. And they're like, oh, I failed. No. We no. all have negative That's being reactions. being human, yeah. yeah. The but Dalai if, Lama gets mad about stuff. I guarantee it. Yeah. But what he if somebody's in a, denial and they believe that everybody else is wrong and they're right? Well, that's a, that's. That's an unfortunate situation. Most of the time, that is uh, part of the narcissistic syndrome uh, when they have to be right or they think everybody else is right or wrong. And if you're always right, then you're probably not happy. It probably is. A, it's a fleeting moment that you're right and it feels good for a minute and then you're an unhappy person. And um, I've, I've been around a lot of those kind of people. Like they have to be right and they're controlling. Right. And those are... Those are difficult to deal with. So all you can do is work on yourself and limit your time with those kind of people because you're not going to change them. Um, I've tried. I've failed multiple times. Um, and now I just do my thing, and I don't worry about them. And if they, wanna, if they want my attention, I will give it to them, um, but I don't volunteer it. Um, and, and people that go through life like that, they live a very limited existence because they're not, yeah. you know, allowing other people's opinions and uh, basically their presences to influence them. If it's always just mm-hmm. only my way yeah. or the highway, then you're not growing and evolving. One hundred percent. And I think you, you, there's two ways to come. There's, there's a, there's a way to come from knowing. And there's also a way to approach a situation from an unknowing. And I love now that I'm able to approach each situation not knowing the answer. Because when I knew everything, it was, I was miserable. And there was a, a professor that I just loved that said something to the effect to us that, okay, there's, there's three groups of information. One group is you know what you know. The second group is you know what you don't know. I do not know how a rocket works. I think I know how, but I really don't. Right? Yeah, I don't. You wouldn't be able to build one right <laughs> exactly, now. NASA exactly. NASA was like, everybody died. We need Martin to step up and right, build right. the next one. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm probably, I'm probably not your guy. Yeah. Right? But maybe so your the, friend Brody can. Maybe. All right. And then the third one is you don't know what you don't know. And that really, that group of information is the vast majority of information. I really don't know what's you know, 100 feet above me. I think I know. Thinner air, but do I really know? You know, I mean, it's those kind of things. Mm-hmm. What's on the other th- side of that wall? Do we really know? I don't know. <laughs> right? Um, so then you start thinking, 
and I think as you get older, you realize that what you know you know gets smaller and smaller. Because, I mean, the, I, you know, I went to high school many years ago, and the chemistry that they taught me in, in high school is wrong. It's completely different than what they teach uh, today. Um, so everything I thought I knew about chemistry was completely incorrect. So now I realize, okay, well, most of what I've probably learned is incorrect. And so now mm. I get to go into the world with more of a sense of wonder, like, hmm, I wonder if that's true or if I wonder if, uh, if this is going to happen but I don't have to have a judgment on it, so I'm not disappointed whether depending on how it goes. But what's great these days, you can look and, things up on the internet. Well, no, but even that, like the like facts are basically always shifting. Science mm -hmm. is always changing. Yes. Like, uh, you know, certain scientific theories have changed just in the past like ten years or so. But mm -hmm. kind of what Martin's talking about is always keeping your genuine spirit of curiosity and trying to get smarter. Um, because the like day yeah. you stop doing that and the day you think you know everything is the day you start getting way dumber. And the person that I love to reference about like staying genuinely curious is Rogan, you mm -hmm. know, one of the best podcasters of all time and has spent tens of thousands of hours interviewing so many different geniuses. Yeah. And yet every single episode he goes, I don't know shit, I'm a dummy. He literally says that basically every episode because mm -hmm. he acknowledges the only way to try to get smarter is by admitting you're at that point, trying to get smarter, trying to get better. Well, well but surrounding having... yourself with people that are brilliant mm -hmm. and that have uh, vision and passion and they inspire you yes. is how you can improve. Absolutely. It's, it is who you surround yourself. I, I've is. said many times, if I'm the smartest person in the room, we got problems. But it's also, <laughs> but it's also being malleable because you can be in the room with the smartest person ever but if you're not able to put your guard down mm -hmm. and like, accept their information and learn from them, you're not learning from them. Right. Well, if That's what see... is so amazing about Rogan. He's always able to put his barriers down. He never says, oh, I'm worth $200 million or whatever from that Spotify contract. Like, I'm a big dog. He never does that in an interview. He always puts his barrier down and comes mm -hmm. from a point of genuine curiosity, which is wanting to learn more. Well, I think that curiosity is one of the most important things um, – to have in order to take this journey. You've mm -hmm. reminded me of, uh, of a really cool um, uh, thought uh, project, if you will, of um, as a, in any relationship, whether it's a coworkers, a manager, to uh, you know, an employee, even to you know, a, a significant other, that you can approach um, a, a situation or a conflict in two ways. You can advocate which means that you're on the other side of the table and you're arguing over the issue, which is in, the, in the, um, the middle. If you come from an inquisitive or inquiry, then two people are sitting next to each other asking each other about the problem that's in front of them. So it's, it's approaching the situation from shoulder to shoulder versus across the table. Well, if you're spouting your opinion and you know everything, that's usually advocacy. If you're curious and wondering, and well, why do you think it's that way? Why should? Why do you want to go to that restaurant tonight? And I, I, why do I want to go to this restaurant tonight? Or what, whatever it is, um, if you're asking questions, you're far more likely to get closer to the truth. I like that approach. Very smart. I love it. But inquisitive, passionate, it, you know, inspiring others, uh, all these 
aspects are so important to bettering ourselves. It is. It, it's part of the path. There's there's a certain percentage of the people, I don't know what it is, I think it's kind of small, I think it's growing, but that are on this path of, of self-enlightenment, self-awareness, and it is a path. There's And there's no one that's, uh, you know, better than another. Even the Dalai Lama, you know, the, he talks about he's no better than anybody else. In order to maintain his with the equanimity, you know, he has to um, uh, meditate for three hours just to maintain that, you know, energy that he has. Um, I mean, I can barely meditate for 15 minutes. Yeah. So I only have my my amount of power. <laughs> if, I, if I could meditate for three hours, I'd probably even show up differently than now than I do, you know, than I would kind of thing. So it's just, it's a fascinating thing to think about. But you're right, Kinga, those are the things if you can be curious, um, if you can change from I know what's going to happen to I don't know what's going to happen, let's find out. And then if the, and as you can have less judgments, as you can become more grateful, um, we've talked about before on the show, if you could live every moment of your life it, it being grateful, you wouldn't suffer. Easy to say, easy concept to get your head around, but man, being grateful every moment. I love that. It's it, it, tough. It's true, but it's, it's true. It's so counterintuitive. Well, it should be easy, right? Well, it's crazy to think every single person, every single one of us is a statistical anomaly. You had to beat a couple hundred million sperm to get here. Absolutely. Every single person is a statistical anomaly, and we all forget that. Carl Sagan said, we're, we're just... A, a, a little blue marble hurtling through space at hundreds of thousands of miles an hour. Um, and we could hit a big old mosquito. Yeah. <laughs> and it could all be over, right? It's it's what the Buddhists say. The, uh, the, um, uh, the, uh, so not all Buddhists. I don't want to. There, there's as many different types of Buddhisms as there are, you know, Christianities. But there are certain Buddhists who uh, wake up every morning and they contemplate death. Uh, but they don't contemplate it in a negative way. They contemplate it in that my life is not um, guaranteed. What am I going to do today? To make it worth it. Right. To make my death worth it. Right. Yeah. And so they're looking at death as a very positive thing because they believe it's just a trans transition, as do I, into just something else. Um, and so they don't fear it. They don't, they don't sit around in fear. They, they sit in okay, what am I going to do today that's awesome? Um, well, everybody well, and this this kind of work is kind of circling awesome. back to... I would, I would to, love that they, they do, but they don't. Well, this kind of circles back to that if people really want to achieve their like peak levels of happiness, they have to find what passions and uh, hobbies and skills they want to pursue in life. Because, uh, in my opinion, having at least you know one physical activity... Having one mentally stimulating activity, whether it's reading books or writing, something like that, having a multifaceted skill set mm -hmm. and passions that you're pursuing, mm -hmm. that's what gives life some flavor. That's what it does. Yeah. And I think what stops people is the fear of failure. Yeah. I got over the fear of failure early in life, and I, I and I still had a lot of fears. Don't get me wrong, but I was able to train myself to do it anyway. So the um, obstacles are are being fearful and worrying. Right, and, and being afraid of failure. And what I've found is that failure has propelled me to learn so many things, and I do think... I'm it's an opportunity to, to level up. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's just like playing a video game. You know, you play the video game, you make a bunch of mistakes, but then you learn how to get around the big boss, and you can go on to the next level. It's the same thing in life. But 
for you know a lot of us have these traumas around you know maybe we were yelled at as a kid because we failed at something and then we don't want to fail again so now there was this perfect straight a student and you know when they get a b they fall apart you know that was me at a young age and then um i got out of college and i'm like oh man i am not doing that again that was a lot of pressure on myself and so and as a business person i have failed over i've i've started 10 businesses over the last 30 years they weren't all successful but man, I got a college education out of every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I wouldn't be close to the business person I was today if I wouldn't have effed up all of those other ones. Not, mm-hmm. not all of them, but <laughs> <laughs> there was Some. a couple that, you know. And His track record's better than Trump's, okay? No. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if somebody. Trump uh, stakes. So <laughs> people that are listening to this uh, episode and they want to protect their joy. And they're in a relationship with a friend or a family member or a spouse or a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And that uh, significant other or family member or friend uh, is not positive and almost like a toxic person. Right. What advice would you give to that individual on how to improve them? Well, you can't improve someone else. You can only work on yourself. You can only work on your reaction to that other person, and sometimes that might take... Uh, a, and we kind of already went into this. We already kind of talked. You kind of right. already asked him about... The, like, he kind of said, just you got to avoid them and limit your dosage with them. Right. But we I, should still dig a little bit deeper into how people can, like, really get in touch with what passion they can... Because, you know, I think at the core... A lot of people that are depressed or something, they're not chasing a passion. They're not, or they might be, they might think they're chasing one by watching Netflix on the couch right. six hours a day, but that's not actually well, or, pursuing a passion. Or they're chasing a passion with an expectation that they're going to have some success, some breakthrough, some whatever. Like when I went into music, I didn't expect mm. that I would get a bunch of music festivals and play these big venues. I went in and sometimes, you know, we had just as many people that we were playing for as on stage. Uh, same thing in comedy. Um, sometimes, you know, we'd, we'd do comedy in front of, you know, we had a, I had a troupe that would have eight people and there'd be six people in the audience. You know, we did it because we loved doing it. We did it. I, I do music because I love playing music. And, the, and the, the, the business part of it, the success, quote unquote, is just an icing on the cake. And it's because I, I don't have any expectations. One of the reasons I named the band Junk. So everybody's expectation was at, at a certain level then everybody could just have fun and not, oh, this, you know, I want, I expected this out of them. Um, it's, it's, again, it's counterintuitive. It goes against uh, um, uh, what a lot of business gurus say, but, you know, a lot of us have too high expectations, and if you lower or get rid of those judgments or expectations, you're going to be a lot happier. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you think that you can control the universe so much that I, in, you know, 30 days from now, I'm going to have $10,000, and you're going to bust your ass to do it. And then if you get nine, you're just going to be like, oh, my God, I failed, right? It's go do it, and whatever you get, you get, uh, but enjoy it. Well, yeah, I mean, I like that's a good philosophy for somebody that's pursuing a hobby, I think. Like Mm -hmm. if somebody wants to try to truly master a skill or something, then obviously they're going to have to set really high expectations and hold themselves to a really high regard. But so that that's discipline, and what I'm talking about is doing that without beating yourself up. Yes, which so is I, a hard, which is a really hard. It is. It's it spot is subtle, to hit. Yeah. Right. It is very subtle, and it's it's this idea that um, 
Yes, everything that you do, you should throw everything into. But if you don't hit an expectation, don't so meaning beat yourself giving up. And evolve. 100%. Just right. evolve and keep and getting learn, better. And learn, right. Yeah. Like, I set very high goals for myself. Mm. And if I, if I meet them. Setting goals are so important. They are. It's writing down goals. Even we were talking earlier about, yes. you know, when I goals. was single and tired of dating and relationships. And, and I just sat down and said, okay, the perfect woman. And I wrote two pages of two uh, pages. A, a detail. Uh, and I looked at it. I put it away. And a year later, I met Sherry as a friend. And then, you know, we were friends for two years. I didn't know she was that girl that, yes. during those two years. And then we started dating. And I was like, oh, wow, this is the girl. Um, I've done that with How did you jobs know? How did you know and she was companies. the girl? Um, Boy, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We might have to do another show about that. Um, well, and just I, give me one, one of the reasons is that she was working on herself. She didn't come from a place of knowing. She came from a place of inquiry. She was very inquisitive, very curious. Um, so I think that was one of the one of the reasons. Okay. Because um, I, in the past, I had dated a lot of people who didn't. That they knew what they knew, and you couldn't tell them. They didn't. Want, about they didn't want to improve. Right. They didn't They're want never going to gonna change. They didn't yeah. want to change. They Set in their ways. Right. And 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 that's kind of a problem in, in a relationship. If you're with somebody that thinks they're always right, and they can't, they're not willing to change, or they don't think there's any. They think Absolutely. they're perfect. Because they, no one's it perfect. It happens, and you can't change those people, and it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, and people grow into that. You know, you you're married to someone for 20 years, and you both grow in a different direction. And then there's this, you know, potentially nasty divorce, and everybody's angry at each other. But, but, at, on the coming out from the other side, and I know Kinka can say this too, just because you grew apart, just because you shared, you know, that 20 um, years together, and I now you're doing years something together. different, doesn't mean that 20 but years 20 was wasted. But 25 years happy, right? You know, my mostly. Uh, Wait, it, let's hear Martin slap one on the guitar a little bit. Are we down? Yeah, we can we can throw. Oh it yes, on the yes, because yeah, because I actually have to run to the bathroom, but I don't want to miss any of the combo. I this yearbut has me dying. I'll it's be right good. back. No worries. All right, so we need a little song. Uh, we did protect your joy last time. Yes. Um, what would be? A How about true love? Oh, true love. Only true love. <laughs> well, we can't do we can't do one that's um, by another artist, right? No. Um, let's do. Oh, we'll just do. done this one before, but this is one of my favorite I ones. I love this that we one. Do. Well, the world is a scary place. There's a bunch of people trying to get in your face. It's a problem, I say. But the, you can't avoid it if you do it this way. You say yes. Yes. Yes is more fun. Yes is more fun. I say yeah, 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 yeah. Yes is more fun. So a lot of us work an unusual job. We sell stuff to a cranky mom. They can be a little on the left or right side. And many of their views you 
cannot abide, so I tell them yes. Yes, yes is no fun. fun. I say yes. Yes, yes is no fun. fun. Let's spread the love. One show at a time. In the green room, the <laughs> green. Speaking of which, everybody out there, we would absolutely love it if you would uh, friend us on Facebook, Instagram, at inthegreenroom.green. So it's inthegreenroom.green. Uh, and then we are on uh, Apple uh, Podcast. Uh, you can uh, go to Apple Podcast and see the tree and request us. And then you can also subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel. Uh, go to one of my favorite episodes with Cheryl Cooper uh, in the green room on YouTube. Put That's just sh- an easy Google search. That'll get you right to it. Right to it. And Cheryl if you uh, and if you want to talk more about what we're talking about, um, yes. contact me through yesismorefun.com slash contact us and, uh, and love coach life coach uh, love coach life coach business coach really he whatever help coach you. what you want. Um, I'm a equal he's helped me. <laughs> he's helped me and so it, much. And, you know I. I love coaching. Um, I have such a diverse clientele, you know, people in Columbia, uh, back east, uh, women, men, um, all different ages. I, it teaches me so much. Um, again, you know, I've, I've lived my life, and, um, but I haven't lived other people's lives. And other people go through different things, even though we still have collectively the same fears and the same worries. Um, everybody's different, and everybody has a very different experience of life, and I love finding out about that, and it goes to the curiosity. I didn't used to be that way. Um, it's it's just now, I think, in the last maybe 10 years, seven years, really, of learning about this inquiry method versus um, uh, debate and making someone you know see my way versus, well, maybe there's a better way than what I'm thinking. That never occurred to me. 20 years ago. Well, and right now, Martin is offering a six-month... You you can contact Martin, and through In the Green Room, he's offering a six-month special, and you will get uh, about 20% off Absolutely. for a six-month yep. deal. And, and the first session is always free, um, just so we get to know each other, and you get to understand what that, that six-month is going to entail, because it, it is a little bit of work on your part. You've got to be ready for it, and I don't, I don't want to... Um, coach someone who's not ready to really make the change. Yeah, somebody that's just set in their ways, they're not going to get anything out of that. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I want to I want to help the people who want to be helped. So we are here saving the planet. One, one, show, one show at, at a time. time. <laughs> be yourself, everybody. Enjoy. Enjoy life. Spread the love. Spread the love. Spread the love. Spread the love.